Well, I'm excited uh, to have our kids with us this morning, which means I'm on the clock because uh, their attention span is not as long as our adults, and I say that, and, and probably some of us adults don't have a long attention span either. And so I want to tell you three things that I want to do uh, this morning. The first thing that I want to do is tell you a story. Uh, the second thing I want to do is take you on two rabbit trails. And the third thing I want to do is tell you four ways that you can interact with the Bible. Okay, so first, I want to tell you a story. Uh, second, I want to go on two rabbit trails. And third, I want to tell you four ways that you can interact with the Bible. First, I want to tell you a story about the Old Testament. But I need help. And so I need some kids to come up. Come on, kids, don't be shy. If you come up, your parents will give you a dollar. If, <laughs> oh, but of course. Oh, look who's first. Yes, very nice. Very nice. Don't be shy. Come on, come on. Up top, up top, up top, up top, up top. All right, I need some more people to come up. Uh, yes! One. I don't know if you guys notice or not, but it seems like the girls outnumber the, the boys. Okay, I, I need, um, okay, this is going to work. I'm out of room already. Okay, I want to tell you a story. In the Old Testament, there was a guy by the name of Abraham. You want to be Abraham? Yes, Abraham. God said to Abraham that he was going to bless his socks off. He chose Abraham, and he says, like, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you, uh, which means that, like, your family tree is going to be massive, right, which is kind of a cool deal. Then later in the Old Testament, God sent this guy Moses, uh, and, uh, and there was a law. Do you remember the giving of the law in the Old Testament, all these rules that people were supposed to follow? And God called a people to himself. Like, these, you guys are God's people, or you, you guy and gals are God's people. All right, and he said that he was going to bless your socks off. He was going to be kind to you uh, if you were obedient and followed him, okay? Um, but guess what happens? Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to talk to your parents later about that. Uh, yes, we, we as a people uh, traditionally haven't done a great job following all of the rules. And so what happened in the Bible is there was a, a kingdom, uh, this united kingdom. You guys are the united kingdom, so, so get close. You were the United Kingdom. You were the United Kingdom. And then um, there, was, there was a guy by the name of David, uh, King David. You remember King David? Uh, you're still waving at people. And, uh, and Solomon, and Solomon. And there was a United Kingdom under David and Solomon. But you know what happened? This United Kingdom, uh, it, it, it got blowed up. And so, and so the kingdom was divided. And so we're going to divide you. And so I need you to go, go over yonder. Go over yonder. Don't knock over any. Okay, perfect. All right, and you are going to go over yonder, over here. Very good, very good, very nice. And so we have a, a divided kingdom. We have the northern kingdom, and we have the southern kingdom. In the Old Testament, there are three major superpowers that come along and are used by God to discipline uh, his people. There was a group called uh, the Assyrians. Uh, when you hear Assyrians, I need everyone to boo. Ooh, yes, there were, there were the Babylonians, and so boo the Babylonians, boo the Babylonians, and then there were the Persians, boo, very nice. Well, one day the Assyrians come over to the northern kingdom of Israel, and uh, they defeat the northern kingdom, and these folks right here are scattered about, so you're, you have, so scattered. Go wherever. You can You can hide behind the curtain. We're going to be finding kids on Monday. All right, hang over there. 
another superpower came along came, called the Babylonians, and they had a, a guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, and he defeated the southern kingdom, and the southern kingdom scattered. So you guys have to scoot, skedaddle, hide, hide. Very nice. So, so the northern and the southern kingdom are scattered all about, and God made this promise to his people. He's like, you are my people. Like, I'm going to bless you. And yet, when you would look at what was going on during the day and age, this kingdom was scattered. They were all moved about. And so, uh, eventually, uh, there's a guy that came uh, and went to uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Cyrus, who was the king of the Persians, and said, hey, I got a question for you. Um, can I take my people who are all scattered about, and can I bring them back to Jerusalem? And can we rebuild the wall around Jerusalem? And so uh, King Cyrus said, sure. And so our character that we're going to learn about today brings the people back. Come on, come on, but don't be shy. Don't be shy. Stand right here, right on the dot. X marks the spot. Okay, come on, don't be shy. Come back. Come on, come on. Come, 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 come. I like your hat, by the way. Let me see that for a second. Okay, so... <laughs> So God's people are brought back into the city, uh, and there is a gentleman by the name of Nehemiah who builds a wall around the city. Uh, Nehemiah was a pretty neat character. He was a great leader. Uh, he was great at rallying the troops. Uh, but the book that we're studying this morning really isn't about primarily great leadership. Um, even though we can learn a lot from the way that he lived his life and the decisions that he made and the things that he, that he did, um, the book of Nehemiah is, is a book that's about more than simply leadership. It's about how God uh, rescued and saved a people uh, for himself. So listen, you guys did an outstanding job. I want you to know, if I were your parents, and I'm not, um, I would take you out for an ice cream this afternoon because you did a great job. And maybe, <clears throat> and maybe ask for a dollar. Maybe ask for a dollar. All right, let's give our kids a hand. Very nice. When we study the book of Nehemiah, we are studying a good work that God has done. Nehemiah is, is really, in many ways, the last historical story that's told before Jesus comes onto the scene in the New Testament. And so the people of God who were scattered and separated have been brought together and put into uh, the city. And Nehemiah is going to come and, and build a wall. But Nehemiah cares more about simply building a wall. He cares about building a people, which leads me uh, to, uh, number two, my two rabbit trails. And so I want to tell you two things that are true that maybe we don't immediately see in the text this morning, but they're here uh, if you look closely. Uh, we find them in Nehemiah chapter 8, and so if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn with me there to Nehemiah uh, chapter 8. I want, before we read the text, I want to remind us uh, that, uh, this is rabbit trail number one, that curb appeal may sell houses, but it does not impress God. A curb appeal may sell houses, but it doesn't impress God. And what I mean by that is what we see on the outside, um, oftentimes we are so impressed by. Uh, we are impressed by uh, beautiful cities or the architecture of a beautiful building. Or, or we look at the outside of a church and we are blown away. 
But listen, curb appeal, the thing that we see on the outside, um, God is not impressed by that. Um, God cares about our hearts. He cares about who we are. So the book of Nehemiah is not simply a story about a guy building a wall. I mean, the wall was nice. I'm sure the wall was great. It provided protection and shade for God's people. Uh, But Nehemiah is more about building a people than it is about building a wall. If you were to ask a mom or a dad their hopes and dreams uh, for their children, I bet you that they would not say to you immediately, my hope and my dream for my kids is a 3,000 square foot house. We want four bedrooms. We want three full baths. We'd love to have a screened in porch, maybe a patio. If we could, we'd like a pool in the back and granite countertops in the kitchen. Right? That, that's wonderful. That's great. Uh, but, but that is not the, the goal of a family. That's not your hopes and dreams for your children. You want your son or your daughter to grow to be uh, a particular kind of man or a particular kind of woman. You care about uh, their hearts, not, not just place. And so in Nehemiah, we are reminded that what Nehemiah did in rebuilding the wall was a great task. It was impressive. Uh, but Nehemiah isn't about just building a wall. It's about God building a people. A second rabbit trail, something that is really important that I want to remind you of this morning, is found in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. And Nehemiah 8, 1 reads this. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate, And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So you have to understand, the people are back in the city now. They are are beginning to settle. Their setup is pretty decent. They're probably looking around thinking, hey, this isn't a bad deal. We are living our lives. We're back home. This is a really good thing. But then something happens uh, to the people that radically changes their life. Right? It says here in verse 1 that Ezra the scribe uh, brought the book of the law of Moses to the people. Right? When I first read that, I was reminded and, and kind of impressed uh, by the fact that all of us in God's story have different roles and responsibilities. When you study the life of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a, an incredible administrator. It is incredible how he rallied the people together. It is amazing how he led the people uh, to build the wall in such a short period of time. He was a great administrator. But when it came to speaking to God's people on a spiritual level, what does he do? He has Ezra the scribe come and bring uh, the book of the law. Uh, Which leads me to rabbit trail number two. God made you, you. So you be you. Right? God made you, you, so you be you. Right? In other words, he is wired and gifted and equipped each and every one of us differently. Right? We are different people. Some of you are great administrators. I mean, you're great administrators. Look out. When you move into a space, like you have the ability to, to see things and to organize things and to, to move things. Some of you are incredible leaders. And you go into a place and you see things that other people don't see. Right? You paint a picture for people and say, this is where we're going. You rally the troops, you bring people together, and then you lead. When other people get tired and tap out, you keep going. Right? Because God has gifted you with the gift of leadership. Others of you are incredible at showing mercy. 
Like mercy. Are you good at showing mercy? If someone is sick, if someone is hurt, if someone needs to be prayed for, if someone needs to be visited, you show up. Right? God has gifted you that way. He's equipped you that way. And when you serve the way that God has gifted you and equipped you, the body of Christ is blessed beyond measure. It's really a beautiful thing when we function as the body of Christ. But let me tell you what typically happens is we spend a whole lot of time wishing that we were someone we're not. We spend a whole lot of time comparing our gifts to the gifts of someone else. And we think to ourselves, I wish I could lead like that. I wish I could show mercy like that. I wish I could teach like that. I wish I had passion like he does or she does. I wish I were them. God didn't need another one of them. He made you. So you be you. Right? You be you. That's my second rabbit trail. Four ways I want us to interact with uh, the Word of God. It's beautiful what happens here in Nehemiah uh, chapter 8. Look at verse uh, 2 with me in Nehemiah chapter 8, uh, verse 2. It says, So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard, on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. You see what happens, right? The people gather together, men and women and families, they gather uh, together, and uh, Ezra uh, reads the word. Apparently for a long time, right? Not, not just a paragraph, a couple of scriptures. I mean, he read the word. And it says, the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So this is my challenge to you and to me, to us, regardless of how young you are or how old you are. Now listen, listen, listen to the word. Listen to the word. Open up the word. And if you've got to get up early in the morning before the kids are up, open up the word and listen. Right? If you've got to open up the word in your lunch hour, when you finally have a minute to breathe, open up the word and listen. If you can't do it until the kids are in bed and you're exhausted and you're tired, open up the word and listen. If you're an audible guy or gal and you need to literally listen to the words, get your favorite app and listen. But listen to the word of God. God has spoken. Remember what it was like, moms and dads, singles, when you were in love for the first time and you got a note or an email or a text message from someone you cared about? What did you do? You read and you listened. Man, you hung on to every word. You searched for meaning. Like you longed to know what that a boy or what that girl or what that man or what that woman was saying or speaking to you. You were an incredible listener. And so my prayer for you and for me is that we would be a people who open up the word and listen. Listen, there are a ton of distractions, a ton of distractions. I have the attention span of a gnat, 
Right? I'm constantly distracted. I sit down and I read a sentence and a half of a book and my phone pings or dings or I see I have an email and I look at it and I respond to it and it reminds me of something I need to look up online or something that I need to do and my mind is racing in a million different ways. It's like Henry Nouwen. He says his mind is like monkeys jumping on a banana tree. Like it's all over the place, right? We're distracted, right? Seldom do we stop and listen. So listen, Christ's point. Listen to the word. If you do not have a desire to listen to the word, pray, beg, ask God to give you a desire. Come before it and listen. Secondly, notice what they do. Ezra opened, this is verse 5 of Nehemiah chapter 8. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And he opened it, uh, and, and as he opened it, all the people stood all right, so picture this. All the people stand up, and as we're speaking the word, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up uh, their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Listen to the word and worship the God of the word. Worship the God of the word. Scriptures, the Bible, uh, points us to the God who made us, right? And so worship the God who has revealed himself uh, to us in his word. It's amazing to read what they did. The people stood and they listened and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, amen and amen. He said, God, you are great. And the people said, yeah, you are, God. Amen and amen. They stood and it says they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Listen, listen. When, when you come face to face with the God of the universe, the living God, you worship. Like you worship. There's nothing else to do. You bow your head and you worship. This kind of worship spoken of here, this kind of awe and wonder and worship, listen, it cannot be manufactured can't be faked. You can't just stir it up. You can't just go, oh, everyone stand up and everyone stands up so everyone worships. It doesn't work that way. Like God's got to stir our hearts. We have to be blown away by the God who made us, the God of the universe. And so what I'm suggesting to you and to me is that we listen uh, to the word and then we worship the God of the word. If that's not appealing to us, if it is not attractive to us, then pray, beg, and ask that God would open your eyes and say, God, help me to see what I don't see because apparently the God of the universe is rather impressive. Right? And so as a people, we come together and we worship. Listen, listen, listen to the word. Worship the God of the word. And then third, study the word. Study the word. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 7, there is listed for us a bunch of names. And it's fascinating. These, these handful of people are named. And as you're reading the text, you're going, what? Man, what is it? Joshua and, and, and Bani and Acub and Hodiah. There's all these names mentioned. And I'm going thinking. I'm just reading it and going, what are these people here for? Well, it says in verse 7 of Nehemiah chapter 8, these people helped the people to understand the law 
while the people remained in their places. They read from the book, uh, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. Right, so you see what's taking place here? There's a, there's a group of people uh, who are familiar with the Word, who know the Word, who are coming alongside other people and explaining the Word to them. What they're doing is they're studying the Word. Christ's point, let's be a people uh, who study the Word. Uh, after an oral reading from the book, those who were gifted uh, translated or gave sense to what was just read. Uh, the word here that's translated in the Hebrew means to make uh, something distinct or to separate it from something else, to make it flow together in a meaningful fashion. Right? And they needed to do that because all these people who had been scattered about, right, they, they had grown up in a culture and hearing a tongue that was unfamiliar to them when they read the Scripture. And it would be like me picking up a, a Spanish Bible and hearing it or even reading it and going like, I know hola and adios, and that's all, right? And so I need someone to explain it to me, to translate it and explain it to me. That's what's happening here with the people, right? People are coming alongside of them, and they're going, hey, this is what that means, right? And that's what we do as the people of God. We take this ancient book, this, this book that was written thousands of years ago in a different place, in a different culture, uh, seeing things through a different lens, and we go, what, is, what does this mean for us Western Christians? Right? Because we have our own experiences. We grow up in the burbs, like we have our, our families, and we, we bring to the text our experiences, and we don't always understand it. And so we need people to explain it to us, to help us uh, study the Word. So Christ's point, listen, listen, listen. Worship the God of the Word and study the Word. Right? There are a whole lot of things in here that are not easy to understand. There are a whole lot of things in here that I don't understand. I, I read it, I've taken classes about it, and I still read stuff and I go... Ooh, what does that what does that mean? I don't know if I understand that. I need to study that more. I need to learn. I need to hear from people who are wise. I want to be that kind of people, the kind of people who listen to the word and worship the God of the word and study the word. And then last but certainly uh, not least, I want to call us today uh, to respond to the word. Respond to the word. Notice how the people respond when the word is read in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9. It says in Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. I mean, they're hearing the words of God, and they are weeping. Right? And they're weeping because they're broken. Because the law to us is a mirror that is held up. And it shows us our hearts. It shows us who we are. And so the people hear these words and they began uh, to weep. But it says in verse 10, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has had nothing ready. For this 
day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites uh, calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And verse 12 says, And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So the people are responding to the word of God. The word is read. They are convicted. Their hearts are broken. You got bingo? Attaboy. The kids are playing bingo. Sorry, mom and dad. I know there was a buildup there. It's just active listening. Active listening. Listen, the the people hear the word and they're responding uh, to the word. They're convicted, right? And they're broken. And then they're instructed like, no, 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 no. Now's not the time to grieve and to mourn. Right? Now is the time to celebrate. And so what do they do? They listen to the word and they, and they respond and they go and they celebrate. So they hear the word, they're convicted, they're broken, and they, they repent. But, but, but then there's a word given to them where they say, no, 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 now's not the time. Like now's the time for celebration. God, in essence, lifts up their heads and says, listen, we're going to celebrate together. And so the people celebrate Together. In other words, the people, what they are doing is they are responding to the word. Right? As a people of God, this is what we are called to do. We want to listen to the word. We want to pray, God, give us ears to hear. We want to worship. We want to worship the God of the word. We want to study the word. We want to understand what the word means. But then, God wants us to do the Word. So when the Word tells us to go, we go. And when the Word tells us to stay, we stay. And when the Word tells us to speak, we speak. And when the Word tells us to remain silent, we remain silent. We don't just read the word or listen to the word for the sake of reading or listening the word. Like we don't just study the word to to be smart. We read the word and we listen to the word and we study the word uh, to do the word. This is what James talks about. Don't simply be hearers of the word, but doers. Don't, Don't be like a man or a woman who looks at himself or herself in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what they look like. And so this is what I want to call us to do. This is how I want to call us to live, whether you're 7 or 57 or 67. I want us to be a people of the book. I want us to open the word and say, God, I'm listening. Speak. And he has spoken. So I want us to respond in worship because he's deserving of all glory and honor and praise. And I want us to be a people who study and go, Lord, I don't understand this. Help me understand. And I want us to be a people who do what the Word says. Do what it says. Listen. Worship. Study. And do. One of the cool things that uh, Melissa used to do when we were in seminary Uh, Her boss at the seminary would uh, challenge the employees there with a summer challenge. 
And so the summer challenge meant that they would pick something that maybe they had never done before or something they wanted to do. Uh, maybe it was like run a half marathon or read a book or learn to play a classical piece on the piano. Like it was, I mean, anything you could dream up or imagine. And then they would spend the next three months like working toward it. It's kind of a cool thing. And then they would go at the end, they would say, hey, like, hey how, like, how did you do? Like, let's, let's, cel- let's celebrate. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool as a church if in the beginning of the summer, like we did that too. We had a summer challenge with the Word. Right? So it takes 90 days to read through the New Testament if you were to read three chapters a day. And it takes roughly 10 minutes uh, to read three chapters. And so if you just did it faithfully for 90 days, you'd read through the New Testament. If that seems ambitious to you, if you read one chapter in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one chapter in the Gospels, uh, every day uh, you would make it through the Gospels in the summer, and you would have one day to, like, do whatever you wanted with. Because there's 89 chapters, right? If you read through Proverbs, you could figure out what day a week it is. What's today? Like, the second? The second today? June 2nd? Really, is it the second? Okay, thank you. Uh, you're still tracking with me. So let's just open up your Bible to Proverbs and go, I'm going to read Proverbs 2. And it'll take like two minutes. And say, God, I'm here. I'm listening. Speak. And God will speak. He has. He's spoken. And worship. And study what you don't understand. And then do it. All right? So that's your summer challenge. Figure out what it is. You can do whatever. I'm not going to twist your arm. I'm not going to force your hand. But you can do it. And maybe, just maybe, uh, you'll hear uh, from the God that made you. Listen. Worship. Study. And respond. Would you pray with me? God, I want, us, I want us to be uh, just the kind of people who are just blown away uh, by who you are. And who you are, your character, how you've operated in the world, how you move and act even this day is revealed to us in your word. And so I want us to be a, a people who come to your word uh, to listen. I want us to be a people of understanding. I want us to be a people who ask questions and who wrestle with your word, who study your word. And God, I want us to be a people who actually do your word. And so if your book to us says to do something, I want us to be the kind of people who do it. And if In your book, you say to us not to do something. I want us to be the kind of people who don't do it. Help us not simply to be hearers of the word, but doers. God, we love you. We love you because uh, you first loved us. And so I give you thanks this morning. 
God, we pray these things in the good name of your Son, Jesus, and by your Spirit. Amen.